to the Picket Fence Podcast. We have a really special uh, edition of our show here today. Uh, we're drawing up a quick hitter with Coach Doc Nash from Borden. Um, Coach, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're super glad to have you. Um, really excited. You're our third guest we've had so far. Some great, uh, great coaches we've had on. Uh, you're joining that list of some, some state champions. Um, Derek's got a little bit of a little bit of background. He wants to kind of give your intro with here, Derek, if you don't mind. There, yeah. Uh, Coach Nash comes to us a two thirty nine and one sixty five record in eighteen years at Borden. That includes five sectional championships, two regional championships, one semi state title, and like Cam said, the twenty thirteen state champion uh, state championship with a twenty four and three record that year, and a pretty special team down there at Borden. Yeah, that group was uh, really special. Uh, every group's special. Uh, honestly, every group's different. Um, but you know that that group they were they were tight knit, uh, very tight knit. Pick cantaloupes up on the farm on the Kurt Kester farm all the time in the summers, and uh, just really played for one another. And uh, they were very very special. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember that group when I was in high school watching them, and they were just. They were just super fun to watch. We played against you guys in our summer league. Summer league, I think we matched against you guys and see you. And that was a super great group. So, Coach, as we get started here, we'd like to just kind of get some background on you. What What's your coaching background? What got you started? What sparked your love for basketball, um, either as a kid or wanted to get you into coaching? What Where Where'd you get started with all this? And those are uh, those are great questions. Uh, sparked my love for basketball. Probably my older brother. You know, the teachers here at school, uh, they oftentimes make fun of me because I, uh, I don't know old-time movie references. Because as a kid, all I did was shoot hoops and drive tractors. I lived on a farm. <laughs> That's what I did, you know. And so uh, the teachers sometimes give me a lot of crap when they make a movie reference, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so they, they sometimes make fun of me. But, uh, you know, just shooting hoops in the, on a basket, uh, hanging on our barn. Uh, against my older brother, who's three years older than me, uh, that that probably, uh, you know, I always wanted to beat him, and uh, that, that probably sparked my interest, and then um, to get into coaching, and uh, even my even more so my love for basketball, uh, probably Ron Mattingly, my eighth grade coach, he used to pick us up in his own, I believe it was like a 90-some Beretta, uh, and he would take us uh, everywhere, and we would just go to the parks and, and play pickup games all the time. And he took uh, three or four of us, and we just played all the time with him, and he, he taught us like our own. And then, um, uh, obviously, Coach Matthews, the guy I played for uh, in high school, uh, one of the best in the state, uh, should be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, just, to, uh, you know, he, he'd take us and we load up in his big old blue Astral van or whatever conversion van. I can't remember. It was blue. That's how I remember. Big, nice van. And we would just go watch uh, games on Friday nights as a kid, high school kid. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he demanded a lot of us. Um, but we respected him, and he made us better people. Uh, and really, I, uh, that's how I got my start. Love for basketball. And I knew I wanted to be a coach since I was, like, really a freshman in high school. And, a lot of people, their career paths deviate, and that never really did for me. 
I just I love the game of basketball and I love kids, so why not coach? Why not teach? You know, that's it just it seemed like a perfect match, and uh, I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed. Coach, did you play high school ball there at New Wash for Coach Matthews? Is that right? Sometimes it was kickball, Derek. Sometimes it was kickball. You, know, you never know what I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently I did. I, I, I played four years, and uh, I had an okay career. Um, my son's a lot better than I am. I hate to admit that, but uh, my son's <laughs> a lot better player than I ever was. Yeah, your son's a tough cover, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are some of the things at, at board that you've tried to build in as far as foundations and principles that you've tried to instill within your program there? I just want them to be good kids, number one. Um, we, we, try to, we try to do everything the right way and, uh, you know, be early. Don't be late. When you're on time, you're late. Um, and when you're late, you're fired. You know, just, just try to make them better human beings. Uh, hold them accountable. Show them some tough love sometimes that the kids don't get these days. Um, uh, but in terms of basketball-wise, we just uh, we want to play hard. Uh, Coach Jones often, uh, often asks, uh, if he goes into a practice and, and he didn't know who we were, what would be our team identity? Can you, can you determine a team identity in the first five to ten minutes of being at a practice? Um, you know, I often look at uh, other successful programs in our area. If I were to walk into a Brownstown practice, uh, I'd be able to tell that they're pretty tough in the first two or three minutes. Just knowing knowing how Coach Benner is and, and, and what he demands of his kids. And so I often try to question that with our kids. Like, what is our identity? Um, I hope we're tough kids. Um, in terms of basketball, uh, we're going to guard you. Going to take your strengths away and, and, and just uh, rely on toughness. Yeah, I know we in putting a handful of scouting reports together for you guys. That was always at the top of the notes. Was you know, Borden's going to be tough. They're going to get after you. They're going to defend. They're not going to beat themselves. And it was always a game we knew that if we didn't show up, that we were going to get knocked off. And it was you know, you <laughs> you definitely got us more than a few times. What year did you graduate, Derek? Uh, I'm getting old. I can't. I can't. I can't keep track of, of, of dates. You weren't quite there when I when I came. I can't, I graduated in 2005. I don't think you were there yet. Nope. I would have been in Austin then. Is that I right? Okay. That means you are getting old. I am getting old. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm getting old too, Derek. That Austin I'm squad that year too, was buddy. Austin squad that year was pretty solid, Coach. You had yeah, uh, sectional with Jeremy Holland. Yeah. Those guys were pretty good. That's, that was a special group. Too. Yeah, that Eric was a. Eldridge, Donald Connor. Some of those guys I still communicate with today. So yeah, we had some. Awesome. We had some really good matchups with some of those Austin teams when I was coming through for those four years. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, coach, yeah, you've been like you said at Austin there, and now at, at Borden. How have you changed your approach, or or have you since you started coaching? Um, has anything changed? Or you, I mean, I'm sure you've learned like you're laughing here as I'm asking you this. <laughs> so how, how have things changed over the course of your, your career? Man, I, I'm just so glad that the OA team is not in in here with me as we're doing this. And I'm so glad that 2012 and 13 teams and 2009, those guys uh, oftentimes come back and will see me after a game or come to a practice and just sit and watch and, 
they'll say, Coach, you went soft. You really went <laughs> soft. And uh, I think we have to adapt as the kids adapt. You know, uh, I'll be the first to tell you what my opinion is. I'm not, uh, I'm not the most politically correct. I think society is soft. Uh, I think we demand less of kids. Uh, and in turn, we get less of kids. Uh, you know, if you set a bar... If you shoot for the moon, you might reach the stars, or vice versa. You know, uh, you know, we 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 want perfection. We know we're never going to obtain it, uh, but we hope to hit excellence. And if I don't, if we don't shoot for that, then we're just going to be average. And the world's yep. full of unaverage, or a lot of a lot of <laughs> average people. So we try to avoid that. Um, so I feel like it, over my 18 years, I have I've loosened up the ropes a little bit. Um, uh, for example, if you Back in the 08 days, um, you know, you had to be clean cut. Uh, no no hair on the forehead, no hair on the ears. And you look at my team now, we look like we're from Beverly Hills 90210 or something. So, it's, you know, I, so I've just, in that aspect, I've lightened up. Uh, but I think we have to adapt with our kids, you know. it's uh, Kids are different than they were 18 years ago. Um one thing I'm never going to change is our kids are going to play hard. Um, I'm never going to change that. I tell our group this. I would. Really, I, I hope I'm the most competitive guy they've ever met. Uh, I like to think I am. I know I'm not the most competitive guy out there, but I am extremely competitive. And I hate losing uh, more than I like to win. And uh, I tell them all the time, we'll lose with kids that play hard versus talented kids that won't. And um, that's kind of a, a philosophy or motto so to speak that we've always stuck by Borden um, and it's been pretty good to us it's been pretty good so uh, I don't think I'm ever going to change that now Cam and I were talking before before you came on here and um, just to kind of speak to your competitiveness we were talking about us kind of getting caught up in watching other coaches coach the game and you're a guy I would pay attention to in the midst of a game and wanting to see kind of what you were doing and how you were making adjustments and your competitiveness comes out really early in the game because, like you said, and you touched on it, you're not afraid to burn a couple of quick timeouts if something's not going the way you like or you're not you're not seeing the effort that you want to see. And I have appreciated that about you for a long time, that you're not afraid to uh, either yank a guy or burn a timeout to readjust something and kind of correct the issues that, that you don't like, and I think that's good. Yeah, well, if, if you're watching me, Coach Derek, I do apologize, buddy. <laughs> I do. I do apologize. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, you talk about a quick timeout, a uh, quick story. Uh, we're playing Silver Creek at Silver Creek. Uh, it's the year they had Christian Reed. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. Christian Reed. He was a really good high school player for them. Uh, we knew it was going to be really physical going in. And uh, I'll be honest with you, we were just outmanned on the glass. I think the first possession, they got the tip, and they come down, and, and I think they had two, at least two offensive rebounds and a putback, and I burned a timeout immediately and met our kids on the floor and, and kind of got after them. And, and the, the entire tone of the game changed. Um, uh, matter of fact, the official that night said, man, it's, that was a quick timeout. And I was like, well, I could just you could just tell the tone of the game. We were getting our butts kicked in the very first possession. What was going to change that? As a leader of our group, I had to do something to help them change it. Yeah. And so I lit into them pretty good, and our kids responded, and we actually ended up winning that game down at Silver Creek, and uh, and probably never should have, honestly. 
Is that something you feel like maybe some coaches are hesitant to do at this point? Well, uh, some days I wish I could I could roll my timeouts over into the next game, you know, because <laughs> I get down to the end of the game, and sometimes I have too many left. Uh, but I don't know. I think everybody's different, honestly. Um, if I know that we can compete with our the opponent and, and things aren't going well, I'll take a timeout. Now, uh, sometimes I try to figure let them figure it out on their own. If it's early in the game, I try to help them figure it out on their own. Uh, without a timeout, uh, maybe our point guard needs to take care of the ball a little bit more. You know, do that individually. Uh, I always have one one player I feel like I can trust and knows what we want. And um, you know, team goes on a run. We we talk about not taking a timeout, uh, taking care of the basketball, running some time off the clock, and getting a bucket of our own. That's the best way to stop a run. Uh, now, is it always going to happen? Absolutely not. Uh, but when we talk about those things individually and as a group in practice, and we actually practice it. Um, so are we good at it? I don't know. Some teams are. The 13 team was very good at it. Um, and the 12 team was, could arguably be the best team I've ever coached. Um, this summer, uh, the 23-24 Braves were not very good at it. <laughs> so, you know, it's a it's, – it's a marathon, not a sprint with some groups. and uh, uh, Some groups figure it out early, some groups don't. Uh, sometimes you have to help them, sometimes you don't. I, I think it all depends on your kids. Yeah. But uh, great question, though. Well, Cam, go ahead. No, yeah, uh, I was just going to say, just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, what is your approach to summer basketball with groups like that? I know you're saying things vary group to group and, and you're approaching it like a marathon. What are you looking to get from the summer? Is it, you know, you know, I know it's not always wins and losses, but do you have – Specific things you always look for, or is it change year to year? Uh, we, number one, who's going to show up? You know, at, at Borden, uh, we have multi-sport athletes. Um, I think all my dudes are uh, at least two sport athletes, uh, and most of them are three. So they're doing something in the fall, they're doing something in the winter, or they're doing basketball in the winter, and then they're doing something in the spring. So, uh, number one, who's going to show up and put in the yeah. extra effort? That, that's what I want to know. Uh, who's going to work around a travel baseball schedule? Who's going to come to basketball and then immediately go to track? Or who's going to go run three or four miles in the morning the day we have a basketball workout? Like, uh, I, I want those committed kids. Um, number one, that's a, that's a tough thing to do. It's not easy. It's not easy to schedule all that. Um, but kudos to our kids and give our kids a, a ton of credit uh, for being able to do that. Um, but in terms of basketball, uh, I want skill development. Uh, like uh, I'm gonna use this as an example. We, we miss we were missing some kids this summer. So how in the world are we gonna put in a lot of offensive sets that we're gonna run in the winter when those kids weren't here in the in the summer? And I don't even know if they're gonna play next year. So I don't. You know I'm, I try to focus on who I have in the summer and try to put them in the best spots for them to be successful. And then we want to grow our skill level. Uh, just. Uh, we, for example, last night we had a workout. Uh, the first hour was nothing but skill work. It was it was one on o, uh, skill work. It was ball handling. It was a little bit of shooting, and then we mix some one on one in, uh, and then we let them play a little bit. And we talk about uh, actions that they should run while they play. Uh, that's about it. Uh, I don't take it. A lot. I don't. I take it like I probably don't take it serious enough. 
I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Uh, you know, it's it's so much different than when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know how I would feel about basketball if I had to come work out with Coach Matthews three or four days a week. Uh, I like to go play you, do all that stuff, which some of our kids do. But you know, at what point is too much? Uh, what we do too much is my question. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a double-edged sword because if you don't do it, you feel like you get behind. And then if you do do it, you burn the kids out. Then you don't have them in the wintertime. So I don't know what the magic answer is. I'm not that smart. I have no idea. <laughs> well, and, and going off that, to kind of go back to talking about how you've kind of evolved and, and changed and adapted to, to the game over your 18 years, how do you feel like the, the high school game as a whole has changed since you've been coaching? Well, uh, physicality's gotten less, I think. Uh, I can remember back in the day when we played, I first started coaching, I felt like everybody was beating the crap out of everybody. Now it's um, now it's contact and it's a whistle blown. In terms of the game, it's, it's uh, back in 08, we had a post player. I haven't had a post player since until this year. So I'm trying to figure out how to use that dude again. Um, but, it, you know, it, for us, it really, the physicality, of course, we, I love it physical. I want my kids to be physical. So I don't really, that, that doesn't really phase us. Um, but um, I feel like it's three-pointers or layups nowadays. And uh, that's, that's pretty much what the game is. Uh, it's, it's going to that. And, you know, the Golden State Warriors, Warriors, drive it in there and dunk it or kick it out and shoot a three. And, uh, you know, we we kind of did that anyway. I won't say we started it because by no means are we smart enough to do that. But, uh, you know, we just want to take our shot. So, for us, I don't know that the game has changed, really. Okay. I don't so, know if that answers your question, uh, Derek. I, <laughs> I'd probably not the best answer for you, but uh, I don't know. No, that's... That's great, and I mean, that, that's interesting to hear that from you, and, and it kind of goes to the next question, because you were talking about, you know, making sure you have kids that don't burn out, and they are multi-sport athletes. How do you continue to keep your program perennially successful at, at a school like that, where, you, you know, that's smaller, and you're sharing a lot of athletes? Um, is it is it the system that you have in play, or, or, you know, how do you deal with the, maybe the difference in size of some schools? That's another really good question. Uh for me, it's it's nothing that I do as as a leader of our program. I think it's more of our uh, number one, our community. Uh, it's it's really really special to be a Borden Brave. Uh, but most importantly, our AD, our athletic director uh, Toby Cheatham, is the best in the state. Uh, and nobody's ever going to change my mind on that. Uh, he works with us coaches. He, he expects uh, good things from us. He challenges us to be better. Uh, he makes sure we share and encourage athletes to promote other sports. Uh, just like tonight, I was at a girls' uh, shootout, and I just want to go watch our girls' team play, uh, support them. Coach Vic on the girls' side will come watch us play. Uh, coach Gellmaker is the best coach we have, and, and you know she's always successful in cross country and track. And us coaches, we got we, we try to go support our athletes across the board, um, and uh, I think that all stems uh, from Toby. Uh, being a great AD and uh, not necessarily 
I think he expects us to support one another. He doesn't expect us to show up to every event, um, but he does expect us to uh, support, encourage, and share, and work together with multi-sport kids and uh, make it work uh, in the best interest of the kid. And that's a that goes a long way uh, throughout our entire coaching staff, I think. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. And to have the support at the top like that, I think, is why, I mean, it's a testament to the success of Borden, you know, across the board. Um, how do you approach your, your feeder program? Like we were talking about, again, you're, you're having your kids come all the way through that school system. Um, do you, um, you know, have, have your hand in what, you know, your youth coaches and things are doing? Do you have guys in place that you trust there? Yeah, we, uh, I'm allowed to handpick my coaches um, in that that's always been that way. It, it's it's great. I've been really really fortunate to have some really good assistants over the years. Uh, Ray Weatherford was with me for 12 years at the JV level, and uh, you know I've got uh, I think the best assistant coach ever right now, Kevin Jones, uh, and Joey Jones is the JV coaches. And my junior high was really consistent with Justin Cavins for many years, and now it's Dalton Wagner. Uh, my elementary coaches they kind of bounce around as a, as parents come come through with the kids um so that, that that probably needs to be more consistent uh but let's be honest who really wants to coach fifth or sixth grade basketball for 1200 bucks or whatever it is <laughs> you know and, and, and who can get off at work at three o'clock and then you get transferred like it's it's a nightmare finding elementary coaches for me it really is um but we do a BYBL uh board and youth basketball league we combine it with our girls program uh, we run it in late October, early November, uh, sometimes early, uh, through December, uh, just depending on scheduling and dates. You know, we're limited on our high school and auxiliary gym when we can get in there. So uh, that really depends on dates. And then we try to do some camps. Uh, but if that's one thing, uh, honestly, it's going to shock you guys. It's probably one thing that I haven't done very well. Uh, and I know that. I've neglected it a little bit, uh, not not just here recently. It's just time, and there's only one of me, and uh, you know I, I I won't ask a coach uh, to do anything that I'm not willing to do. So if I expect a junior high coach to be here, I'm probably here as well. Uh, November to March, I live here. I might as well just sleep on that couch behind me. You know, it's, uh, it's just, it is what it is. I'm never at home. My wife knows that. I'm, I'm probably a terrible dad in the wintertime, but uh, it, it's just part, it's the nature of the beast again. It's just being a coach, and uh, uh, that's our feeder program. Um, I've always said a parent or two, uh, every once in a while, we'll get a parent or two, take a group, and they'll go coach. When my son was a sixth grader, I took our two years ago, I took some of those kids down at Jeff, and we played the Sunday League, you know, right in the middle of our season. What more of us I think? Uh, but <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it, it paid off. We 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 won, we won a sectional with that group at the, when they were seniors. And, uh, it was pretty good. So it worked. Now some of those kids we took didn't end up playing. Uh, so did they get burned out? I don't know. You know, I'm not smart enough to figure out that answer. <laughs> well, I know from from outside looking in, and it may just be the fact that when we played you guys, it was always. When we came to your place, it was always your senior night, but it never seemed like there wasn't a kid in the gym that didn't have a Borden Brave shirt on, and you know they were packing the sidelines, and, and they were as excited as anybody there to be watching you guys play. So it certainly does not feel like uh, your youth program is uh, maybe not 
catered to as much as you would like it to be, but it certainly feels like it's it's well ran and uh, everybody's involved. Well, thank you. It's a it's not as good as it should be. I can I, and that's on me. It's nobody but me. Uh, it's not as good as it should be. Uh, I would like to start a Saturday skill school. Um, free of charge for any uh, elementary kid to come in and just work out for an hour and do skill work. Uh, I think that would help us a, a, a lot. Uh, you mentioned co- uh, Coach Josh Thompson earlier. I know over at Bar Reeve they had a skill school back in the day when Hughes was there. I'm not sure if Josh is still doing that or not. I'm pretty sure Albert Cavanaugh uh, used to run all that and uh, was excellent at it. Uh, and I, you know, you got to get them started early. But again, at what point is too much, and uh, at what point does a kid burn out? Oh, yeah, no doubt. you got to <laughs> police all that and make sure you're not running them in the ground. I know because, like you said, with multi-sport athletes, it's, I think kind of we're at a, a point now where in parents' minds, the, the more the better. And I'm with you. That may not necessarily always be the case. No, it's not. Sometimes less is better. <laughs> that's, a way, that's another way of adapting. I'm glad you said that, Derek. Uh, another way I've adapted, I've shortened practice. We used to practice till 6 or 6.30 all the time. And I was brutal. It was brutal. Some of those brutal practices. Now we're out early season, 5.30, late season, 4.45, 5 o'clock. So uh, that's another way I've adapted. You just reminded me how soft I am. <laughs> Not my intention. Uh, but, but to talk about practice too, Coach, um, you know, again, going back to the scouting report thing, and you talk about not having a big, you know, one of the things you always put on the scouting report for Borden is you have to go find a man and block out. And you've got to have five guys putting a body on your players because you do crash the boards, as, to me, as hard as any team that, that we played. And certainly also you, you, you don't turn the ball over and you, you guys don't beat yourselves. How do you go about kind of structuring your practice? What are your emphasis um, in practice as far as, as guard play, not turning it over, but then also your guys being aggressive on the glass? Yeah, we, uh, that's another good question. Uh, I, I'm glad none of my high school kids are in here right now when you say they're going to the glass because we might have one offensive rebound all summer long <laughs> in uh, 30 games or how many we played. I don't know. We, this, group is, uh, this group's not there yet. Uh, but um, – how we structure practice, we have an emphasis every single day. Uh, it's always on the practice plan. Uh, we print out a practice plan, put it in the, in the locker room. It always has a quote on the practice plan. Um, and uh, the quote of the day, they have to remember it uh, every day. Uh, if they don't remember it, I ask a random kid. Uh, usually it's a kid I know is not going to remember it, and we do some cardio work. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Emphasis-wise, it's different every single day. Um, usually early in the week, but, um, it's probably more skill. Uh, later in the week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, we're trying to prepare for somebody if we don't play on a Tuesday night. Uh, some days, Wednesday's a skill day, and Tuesday's a prep day. Uh, and then I want to see how much they've retained on Thursday. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we try to do some skill work every single day. Uh, that, that helps, obviously, with the turnovers. And then we practice it. Like, uh, you know, we, we try to take our kids to a college practice every every uh, every single year. Uh, last year we got into Xavier with Sean Miller, 
And uh, Chris Mack, this must be an Xavier thing because when we were uh, two or three years ago, we went to Chris Mack when he was at Louisville, and they have turnover balls. Anytime they have like five turnovers, they take a ball. Or, um, every second turnover, I think, they take a ball off the rack. And when the rack's empty, then they do some cardio. Uh, some days it's one turnover. We call it, We usually call them no turnover Tuesdays. Anytime the offense turns it over, practice stops, and they run a jingle jangle. Which is the suicide. We try to turn it to a positive and call it a jingle. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, no turnover Tuesdays. The kids don't really like. Uh, no, they'll tell you they run a lot. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> Not in 2023, 24. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny you bring up the, the remembering a quote because I worked with Ray Weatherford at Eastern for a couple of years. Um, who I wanted to yeah. talk to you about a little bit too, and, and that was one of his things. He he would bring quotes in a lot and want the guys to uh, remember those, and, and he often targeted the person that he figured wouldn't remember it either. Right. But um, could you talk a little bit about working with Ray? Because I worked with him, I learned so much from him. I think he's doing a great job at Eastern now, but. Uh, I know he was on that 2013 uh, state championship staff, and I, I just learned a ton from Way Weatherford. What, what was it like having him in the program? Oh, man. he What a blessing to me. Um, when I first got over here, um, of course, I didn't know anyone. I was young and dumb. Now I'm just old and dumb. But he, uh, he, he, was, he, was, he took me under his wing, and uh, he kept me in line. Uh, he understood I wanted – we were going to demand excellence and nothing less. And uh, uh, just, he was another dad to me. Uh, to this day, still another dad to me. We go to church together on Sundays. Uh, we we converse throughout the week. Uh, talk during the winter time. Uh, he's just my guy, you know. Uh, there's no words. I, I, words won't do that man justice. Honestly, uh, he means that much to me. I, I, w- I would attest to that. I was I loved working with him. He taught me so much when I was a JV coach there at Eastern. And if I was ever stuck, man, I just handed him the clipboard, and he always showed me something great. He's a great person to learn from. Yeah, yeah he's excellent. He's excellent. Good Christian man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, coach, to to kind of jump back with uh, you know like your feeder program and keeping the small schools successful and demanding excellence. Um, I'm curious because it's, it's something that I, I try to bring to the, the staffs I work on. Are there any like analytics and, and statistics that you guys focus on? Is there, you know, uh, you know, either you share with the kids or when you're scouting? How much of that is a part of your process? Uh, I use it a ton in scouting. Uh, you know, if a, if a kid's a high volume shooter, if he's averaging five threes a game, uh, shot attempts, and uh, he's only making one, we ain't guarding. Ain't and I'm hoping he hits his first one so he shoots another one. And I'm hoping he misses that one and then continues to shoot him. You know, uh, we use analytics quite a bit in our scouting. Uh, and we use it, uh, we also use it self scouting. Uh, I'll give you an example of what we did just this past summer, uh, three or four weeks, two weeks ago, probably. Uh, we, I don't know. We, I had some kids yapping about how good of a shooter they were. So we, we just broke up at a goal, and every kid shot 10 three-pointers with nobody guarding them. They could take as much time as they wanted. It was just like they were playing pig. And I told them if they can't make 7 out of 10 with nobody guarding them, they didn't get to shoot at the game. And you would have thought that I would have just, like, taken their cell phone or something, you know. But uh, 
I said, guys, it's a pig. It's a pig shot. Like, if you can't make seven out of ten, how can you make it with somebody flying at you? How can you make it on an extra, on a ball reversal? Like, shouldn't be shooting. You should be a, if you're a five out of ten, you're a yellow light shooter. It should be real cautious when you shoot one. And uh, we had five or six kids make seven out of ten. Shoot, when they, shoot it whenever you want it. It's a green light. You got a green light. And uh, so that's just one example how we use it. Um, you know, we turnovers are, we try to eliminate ways to lose uh, is what we do. That, if I have one philosophy, it's eliminate ways to lose. And turnovers are a big way, a big time way to lose. I can't stand them. Uh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. If you can't take care of the rock, you can't play, you know. And uh, and then offensive rebounding, uh, we we talk about uh, giving up possessions. Um, you know, the shot goes up. I feel like we should have five guys in the, on the glass. I don't I necessarily want to block out our shooter. I know you, you always hear fans say, block out the shooter, but, like, the chances of the ball going back to him, are very slim, uh, so we run it. We run that guy to the rim. Uh, you know, I'm, Derek mentioned it earlier. We we we've only had one post guy, and I, I feel like our guys are smaller. I feel like we're always outmanned physically. Um, so I want to increase my odds of trying to get a hand on the ball, putting five guys on the glass. Uh, you know, the free throw rule. We always rebound with four, and you'll notice our guys. Our fifth one stands at the top of the key, and as soon as it hits the rim, he runs in there. So we feel like we're five on three rebounding. Uh, now, if I had two six ten kids, or at our level, two six five kids that were mobile and athletic, I would never do that. I would, I would expect those two guys to get the rebound, and we'd be pushing up before the other way. Uh, but traditionally, what we have is a bunch of little guys, and we got to be scrappy. And uh, so that's just what we do. Um, we try to send forward the glass. We're lucky if we get two and a half, honestly. Uh, but our philosophy is to send four, and um, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily do a good job on that because I feel like our, if we take a good shot, we don't really need offensive rebounding. We're going to make 50, 60 percent of them. Uh, so, you know, I, I, that's probably an area I struggle as a coach as well. But that, that's it in a nutshell. Um. One of the things I've, I've liked watching you guys do, and one of the things you usually would kill us with, was some of your zone defenses and your ability, your ability to mix the defenses that you threw, um, especially when we played you guys against us, the way you would mix your defenses up. Um, is that something that you try and do game in, game out? Or do you look at, at specific matchups and utilizing specific defenses for certain teams? Matchups. For okay. sure. I hate zone. I'll be honest with you. I absolutely hate it. Well, now I'm going to take that personally zone. then since you ran a lot of zone against us. Yeah, I'm sorry, Derek. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings or anything <laughs> like that. I, I, I hate it. I cannot stand it. Uh, I'm not a zone guy. Uh, I don't know why. I just I never was in college. We never played zone, and I just I hate it. I call it the chicken poop zone. I threaten our kids all the time. This summer, I've I've threatened them. We played more zone this summer than I ever have and I ever want to. I'm not proud to say that at all, but um, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about a man-to-man and and, and buckling down and not switching and just saying, you're not going to score on me today. You know, that's the mindset I want this summer. 
Um, but in terms of uh, mixing and matching, it's more personnel. And uh, you know, we played Triton in the state championship with Clay Yo, and, and uh, we didn't necessarily play a zone, but a lot of times it looked like a zone because when he had the ball, we had one guy all over him, and then we had a guy in each back pocket. Uh, and he wasn't. We weren't going to let him beat us. Uh, so. Did it look like a zone? Probably to him, it probably did, but it was straight man, and we were playing personnel really hard. Uh, so that, that is really what we try to do, play your personnel. Yeah, I actually, uh, so IHSA posts a lot of the state finals games on their YouTube channel. I watched that 2013 state championship today. Um, oh, you guys really sagged off and protected the paint against uh, Clay, who ended up going to play at Valpo, I think. And, yeah. um it was a pretty interesting strategy, and so is that something you guys employ a lot, like just very uh, matchup-based defenses? Like, does it change night to night or specifically in tournament time? Uh, in tournament time, for sure, but we'll do it. Uh, we do it basically game to game on a scouting report. Uh, you know, uh, we, we just try to take your best players away or make them work really, really hard. Um, you know, you go back to Coach Ray, he said you can, you can guard – uh, good players want two ways. You can you can let them try to beat you and get as many as they want and guard everybody else, or you can try to take him out and make everybody else beat you. And I've always went with the take the best players away if you can and make the role players beat you because they're usually not accustomed to doing it. And uh, I always feel that pressure situations uh, are the role players ready for that. And uh, some, you know, in my experience is. Uh, you know, we've lost some games like that. I won't lie. Like, we won, lost a sectional last year like that. Uh, a road player made an 18 footer, 3.6 seconds left. So, you know, I, I've been the I've been the loser on that end as well. Um, but for the most part, it, it works out well for us. For sure. So to, to continue on that particular team you were mentioning at the top, the, the 2013 state championship team there. Um, and you just kept using the word special. What what made that team special, and can you talk a little bit about that run there that you made? Oh, man. I get coach chills. Think about it. The uh, I would say their parents made them special. Um, we, you know, late in the year, we had, early in the year, we, I think we played nine or ten kids, eight or nine maybe, I can't remember. Uh, and then later in the year, we kind of cut our rotation down to seven. And uh, they didn't care who got the credit. And their parents didn't care who got the credit. Uh, and, and it was just, it was a really cohesive group. Um, they wanted to play uh, together. They wanted to play for each other. Uh, Billy Kirchkester could have got 15 and 8 and 8 probably a game. Uh, he was that good, I thought, as a point guard. Uh, but he probably, I think five of them averaged double digits that year. Um and we shot probably 55% from twos and around almost 40% from threes. They didn't they didn't care who got the credit. Uh, it could be any given any given night. One of them could drop 30. Um, any given night, all of them could go for 15. You just you never knew about them, and that was one through seven. Um, so they didn't care who got the credit. More importantly, their parents didn't. Uh, their parents all bought into it. Uh, what we were doing uh, had crazy good support, and uh, it was just a fun, special group that hung all hung. They hung out together 
outside of basketball. Uh, just a special, special group. Fun to be around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were fun to watch in that game today. They just, they just, you could just see that they, yeah, they would just look right. And that's and that testament to you, man. I, I know you give credit to the parents and give credit to them, but that comes from leadership. That's that's fun to watch. Yeah, I appreciate that, but I didn't score any buckets. All I did was put them in the right spots. That's it. <laughs> I can watch a team play and look at our personnel and tell you how to guard them uh, and tell you how to beat them. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to kids. They got to be they got to be able to make plays. You got to be able to believe in them too. Um, that's what a lot of people don't understand is how I believed in those kids and uh, it was a, it was really fun a lot of a lot of fun memories well and to kind of go from there coach too not talking about not just tournament success but with you guys being in the southern conference um, one of the more competitive conferences in southern Indiana uh, you also have a fair amount of overlap between your conference and also your sectional you know so you you're seeing the same team potentially you know, a couple of times in a season. Um, are there any coaches or styles of play that you feel like you have to prepare a little bit harder for or that maybe give your teams issues more so than other programs? I don't know about that. I, I feel like by the time we get tournament time, I feel like we put our kids in enough spots where they should be always I – mean, there's only so many defenses you can play. Um and so by the tournament time, we're, I feel like we're prepared offensively. Again, it goes back to kids making plays. Um, but um, one style or one coach that we always did something different was Greg Robinson down South Central with the, with his 1-3-1. One, one. Um, we always prepared for that. Uh, we always had to do something special for, uh, against that because he, he's the master of teaching it. And those um, kids don't make mistakes in that stuff. Um terms of that, no, uh, when Jonathan May was at New Washington and we had to play them in the sectional, uh, I would always try to figure out how he was going to go to our sets. He's uh, He was really, really, really good at, at uh, scouting and knowing every set we ran and what we called it. Uh, so we, we would try to screen different people. We would call out White. Um, just an example I remember off the head of when we call out white, it's going to be a three-pointer in the, in the corner. Whatever side we throw it to, it'll come back to that. And um, he was running his opposite big over to Garden. We played him in the in the uh, first game, uh, conference game, and uh, defended it very well. It's the first time I'd ever seen it defended that way. Uh, so we made an adjustment. Uh, they were dropping their backside wings. We just screened the point guard down and got a shot out of it. When we ran white, that's what our counter was to his running to the corner early. And um, it seemed to work for us. Um, but uh, just uh, in terms of individual coaches, you know, um, I got a lot of respect for a lot of them. What we do isn't easy. Uh, the t- amount of time we put in and, uh, you know, um, I'll use Matt Lynch at Charlestown this year when we play them. I know we're going to have to work against the press. And so that week we'll have 15 JV kids out there grabbing and holding and fighting us. <laughs> best, you know, hoping we can take care of the ball in the backcourt. You know, back in back in the day when we when we played Hank's team at Salem, uh, we always had to work about physicality. I always felt like Hank's teams were going to be physical. Uh, so, you know, we just talk. Maybe we just talk about that. Uh, what we have coming up, and uh, but in terms of 
changing what we do? No, we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to be who we are, and hopefully it works out for us. Right on, absolutely. Um, to continue that, is there a player that you've considered maybe the toughest player you've had to scout or coach against? I mean, one player that really maybe. Uh, Derek you know, Early. Derek Early. Hey. <laughs> no, no, I, I remember in Austin days. That was my scout when I was at Austin. No, I kid. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, being here 18 years, man, that's a uh, that's a great question. Uh, Clay Yo, obviously Indiana All Star, played at Valpo, uh, state championship game. The week before that, uh, University had a big six uh, eight kid. Last name of Dixon. Uh, of course, we had a bunch of uh, little bitty guys running around out there. Uh, he worried me quite a bit. Uh, back in 08, uh, Jacob Smith from Orleans. Yeah. Uh, they had a really, really good team that year. Yeah, those boys could play. Jacob Smith was, he might have been the best pure shooter that we've ever coached against. Uh, you know, uh, off the top of my head, those are the guys that I can remember really, really losing some sleep over, maybe. Uh, not knowing what we were going to get. Uh, but uh, Nick Walker at Henryville was really good two years ago. He had that beat, got beat on the buzzer. He had a buzzer beater beat us. Uh, that's all right now, maybe. I can't, I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look at some scorebooks. <laughs> right. I need some names, you know. Yeah. I'm getting old. <laughs> so, to, to keep going on that, Coach, do you have any – we talked about, you know, you're not changing your style and things like that. Do you have any favorite uh, – we're not on your schedule anymore there, Coach, so we can – you can share with us yeah. here if you want. I, could, I, give it to you. I just wouldn't run it against you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favorite, like, quick hitters or sets you like to run or things that, you know, kind of your old reliable plays? Oh, yeah. I got all kinds of them. Uh, you know, we run Wildcat. It's a simple down shooter down screen. The ball goes to the right wing. Uh, simple shooter. It's a box set. Guy on the right elbow. Down screens. Uh, for that guy, he runs a pipe cut. We reverse it. It's an elevator sideways screen. We run that as a decoy and then get the post guy on the curl. Uh, we can get that ball inside just about any time we want. Now, whether we finish it or not, who knows? We have a couple backdoor plays out of our jersey offense, uh, our patented jersey offense. It's the Chin series is all it yeah. is. And, uh, we have uh, actions that we like to run, and our guys are learning those as we speak, and uh, we're uh, – we're not as good as we uh, we're not as good as I think we should be already at it, uh, uh, but they've ran it since they were seventh graders and they have the basics. Uh, now we just need them to read some defense and make the defense pay. If you didn't mention Jersey, I was hanging up. Mm. <laughs> 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 I, I, you got to give credit where credit's due. I stole that from uh, uh, Scott Matthews when he was at uh, Austin. We ran a lot of that stuff, and it's, it's grown over the 18 years, and I've added some wrinkles, but he's the best at it. Uh, Scott, I'm assuming Charlestown Girls still run. I haven't watched the play, uh, but uh, he's the master of the, of the Jersey offense and, and 
learning how, watching you and how you're defending it, and coming up with a quick hitter on the fly on the grease board, man. Uh, I've never seen anybody like him. He's uh, he is the best I've ever been around on that stuff. Go. Uh, one of the things we've done here on the show a couple of times, we've we've put all time lists together. Uh, if you could put a, a, a top five, if you could put your all-time Indiana high school basketball team together, what would your starting five look like? Oh, man. And I got to coach them? You're, you're coach, right. yes. You get to coach them. The 2013 Braves. Here we go. <laughs> the 2013 Braves, man. I miss that group. I'd love to coach them one more time. I don't know. You had to put David Bailey and Romeo up there. Uh... Steve Alford. I don't know. Glenn Robinson, maybe? I don't know, honestly. That's a great question. I'm not a big history buff on that stuff. Uh, Greg Oden. I can remember watching him play back in the day, in my early coaching days. Uh, man, did, that, did I already list five? Is that yeah, that's, pretty good, that's a pretty good group there. I thought when you said... Offered Langford and, and Bailey, I thought you were going to go five guards. I thought you were staying more traditional. <laughs> I was thinking about throwing Jack Benner in there. I was, yeah. I was thinking about throwing Jack Benner in there. I coached him a little bit in AAU. I love that kid, too. Yeah, he's not so fun to coach against, um, but super fun to watch when it's not yeah. us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got to be in the uh, inaugural Jack Benner first high school game. Uh playing him in Brownstone when they came down to us. His first high school shot was from about 32 feet. And at that point, I think we're like, oh, okay, this is going to look a little different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember getting that tape. I think we played you guys in the uh, first game of the holiday tournament that yep. same year. And uh, I'm pretty sure I got your film and thought the same thing. Jack's going to be pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not. But how we though to have all these good players around us? Like, we yeah. just went through the Romeo era, and now we're going through the Jack era. Like, how, the, the Trey Kaufman and the, and the Cooper Jacobys, Brandon Northern. Like, how how special is it for us uh, to get to enjoy these guys as coaches, as competitors? We always want to beat them, obviously. Uh, but to, to just to be part of the local Southern Indiana basketball, it's been pretty good and. Uh, to me, I think it's a, I think it's something special. Well, I know when I was in when I was in school and playing, uh, every it seemed like every team had at least one guy that was going to go play college ball somewhere. But I don't remember a time until the last four, five, six years where we've had this much Division One talent in this part right. of the state around us, like you said. Yeah, MSC has been loaded, has been loaded, and it still is. It still is, you know. You look at uh, you look at the Scottsburg group. I feel like they have uh, four college players on their team. Yeah. At least three, and uh, you know, you take Jack and Brownstown. And, and, wow, you know, it's just there's, there's a there's a lot of talent in Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's been it's been really tough, and, and even on the girls' side as well. I mean, you look at a lot of the, especially MSC girls teams that have gone up to state title. It seems like there's one every year that goes up there. You know, you got Lanesville as well with the girls going up there too. Just right. boys and girls side, there's just been a, a flux of talent. That's awesome. It's it's great for Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's great for us. Yeah, it's kind of we we kind of become that area that almost gets forgotten a little bit. You know, 
just being that the south of Bloomington kind of seems like it's a little bit, I don't want to say there's a central Indiana bias, but it kind of feels like if you play south of Bloomington, you don't get a whole lot of publicity. Yeah, it feels that way sometimes. It does. Um, but I, I can speak for this. When you're really successful and you make a postseason run, they come out of the woodwork, um, which is natural. It's life. Right. Uh, I don't want to go watch a losing team play. Uh, I you know, when I've done <laughs> coaching in a few years, I'm not going to go watch a two losing teams play. I'm going to try to find the best ticket around, and if I have to drive a couple of hours, that's where I'm going to go. But I'm not going to go watch losers play. I just <laughs> nor, nor, nor would I expect somebody to come watch my team when I had a losing group, you know. Um, three or four years, five, six years ago, whenever we weren't very good, our, our fans were kind of empty. Our stands were empty, you know. You know, I don't blame them. I told our kids, you know, they want good people to come watch you win, and then people will come. So We're going to have to make a T-shirt, Derek, that says, I don't want to watch losers play. Yeah, make that our official podcast T-shirt. That's we'll send we'll send you one. Yeah, you may have I'll to wear it. pass the practice every day. So we can pass those out of practice. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'll I'll put some money towards getting those printed up. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on that, man. So so, coach, last kind of last question here, a fun one, kind of like the top five, uh, you know, basketball players. Um, do you have a favorite basketball movie? We had an episode about that a couple weeks ago. Do you have a movie that you, you like either just fun or a couple favorites? Well, it's a good thing you asked me about a basketball movie because that's about the only things I've ever watched. Remember the Titans, too. I like the sports movies. Yeah. Uh, Hoosiers definitely would be my favorite uh, just because that's one movie I did watch as a kid, and I like Coach Carter, too. Uh, so those two would be my top two. And if I had to pick one, it would be Hoosiers. Users for sure. Yeah, that's a great one. That was that was up top of our list for sure. Um, Coach, we really appreciate you know you coming on with us today. We you know we learned a lot from you. We're we're glad we could have somebody with you know your accolades and and your you know wisdom of the game. And we're really really uh, blessed to have you on. Yeah, really appreciate it, Coach. Hey, I thank you guys for having me on. I uh, appreciate it. It's just um, the credit goes to our kids. I want the kids to get the credit for it. So. Uh, I've been blessed, uh, blessed with a great community. Uh, I've coached a bunch of great kids throughout the years, and uh, hopefully that continues. And uh, we're uh, we're just blessed here, Borden. So uh, credit goes to those guys. But thank you guys for having me on and, and getting to highlight our program a little bit. Uh, anytime we can do that, bring a light to Borden, Borden and Borden Athletics, it's a uh, it's great. So thank you guys. No doubt, man, Coach. Not, not a problem. Anytime, you're always welcome back, and good luck this year. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, Cam, as we close out the episode here again, big, big, massive thank you to Coach Doc Nash from Borden for jumping on here with us for a little quick hitter inside the huddle edition of the Picket Fence podcast. And as we get out of here, um, again, thank you guys for listening. and appreciate it. And as always, from us, don't get caught, caught watching, watching the paint dry. dry.